Hey there, on this 12-26-2021, CDB, that's Eric Deshaun Barrett, and I believe you connect me to this because you're ready for our Sunday meditation, which will begin in just a few moments. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Go ahead. We'll listen to your play. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We'll redo life. Okay. You there? Uh huh. Oh, you ready? Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Again, mm-hmm. again. Good morning. We're we're doing things a little bit differently this morning because of uh, various things in action. Uh, uh, we hope that everybody can work with us. Uh, we're probably, for health purposes, going to move Mama Bell to the beginning of services. Mm. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah. So, so we'll do that this morning, which means that we're gonna redirect some things um, to get everybody happy and everything. So we hope you're good this morning, happy, and excited, and wonderful and things. Uh, <coughs> Bishop, I'm going to. Uh, ask you to do me a favor since the Lord bless you, you you are able to hang around a little bit longer this morning I'm going to ask uh, I hope that's alright we just had to figure this out this morning on the fly didn't have time to get to you please forgive me uh, I'm going to go ahead and ask Brother Dennis to do his piece of business. It is 10 to 7. 
Brother Dennis, if you can lead us to the 7 o'clock hour, that'll be good. Then Pastor Booth will pray for us till about 7.15, and then we will be free to get back on our schedule if that would work for you, my good sir. Yes, not a problem. Yes, sir. That's fine, sir. All right. Okay. Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Celebration Day, uh, of December. Looking forward to uh, the rest of this year. Not much left, but that's okay. You know, uh, you know I was thinking I had been in and out doing a lot of stuff and just um, <laughs> talking to people and just being uh, my usual happy self, hopefully. Uh, and uh, I was talking to uh, some people yesterday or the day before, I can't remember. I'm like, Eric, you know, once you start talking, it's hard to remember who you talk to and why. But uh, first of uh, the main thing is I know why I talk to people because I want to let them know about the, the great things that God has done for me. Uh, something that came up in conversation with uh, one of those people is like, um, well, do you belong to that? So what do you mean? Do you, do you go to that church all the time? Do you belong to that? I said, well, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. I said, you know, God gave us a, a choice. We're individuals. We'll always be individuals. And, um, you know, we don't have to. The only thing I belong to is um, his kingdom. And, and that's what my commitment is to, uh, you know, how I feel connected to him. Uh, it's nice to be a part of organizations or, or churches or whatever you want to, you know, uh, kind of, uh, uh, what I want to say, uh, you know, whatever kind of label you want to put on them, you know, uh, oh, I'm a member of the Civic League, but what does that mean? I don't know. What does that mean? Uh, I go to the meetings every now and then. I guess that makes me a member. Uh, I used to be a member of the uh, Boy Scouts. Uh, what does that mean? I go to their meetings and dress up and do what they want me to do, so that makes me a member, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a member of God's, God's kingdom, and, and that's more important than being a member of some political group, uh, some civic organization, or even some church, you know. Uh, not all the time are you uh, steered in the right direction when you're a, a, a part of these things. And you know, the main thing is what the Bible tells us, and uh, you know, it's always grounded in, in what we should believe in. And it's always what I, I use as a guideline, you know. And you can you can reach out and just open the book and uh, start reading it, and all of a sudden things pop into your mind. It's like, wow, wish I'd have thought of that earlier. Well, you know, wish I'd have read the Bible more. Uh, so all that works together this past week out of stuff. Uh, in Galatians, uh, there's uh, Galatians 
chapter uh, four, verse, verses four and five. Just you know, just little simple things. So, and, and this talks about who we are. Okay, and, and it should it's a guideline for me because I think about it all the time. Uh, you know, you want to be a member of something. Here's something good to be a member of. Uh, in Galatians, Paul says, but but when when the set time had fully come, God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to God's sonship. Okay, so that God might adopt us. Yeah, that's why Jesus sent us. That we we you know to save us and to be a part be a part of His family. Now that's a, that's that's something I want to join. That's something I want to be part of. That's something I want to be. I want to be God's son. You know, uh, or, or God's yeah under God's wing. You know, I'm not saying you know, and, and that's a good thing. You know, uh, uh, you know, adopted into His family. What better family could we be adopted into? You know, I had, you know, I had a mom, I had a dad, I had brothers and sisters, you know, and now my brothers and uh, sister, hopefully, uh, you know, we're all part of what God's family, and that's what you know we should strive for. Being, how do we become a part of God's family? Well, that's very easy. All we have to do is talk to God. You know, tell him, hey, you know we. I want to join your family. What do I have to do to do that? Do I have to wear certain clothes? Do I have to dress up nice and neat? <laughs> do I have to take oath? No, the only oath you have to take is the, that you know that God is what? God is God. And that he forgives us. And his son died for us. Died on the cross for our sins. And, and that's all we have to do. And turn it over to him. You know, all the things that go on in the world good or bad that's okay you know as long as we're a member of God's family he's going to protect us and he's going to take care of us in this past uh, yesterday you know we celebrated the birth of Jesus you know it should be a, a celebration of uh, every day not just one special, uh, one day uh, in December it should be a celebration every day celebrate about who God is and what God is until do we deserve what he's done for us? Uh, you know, in my mind, I, I don't deserve anything. But what he gives me, he gives me, you know, uh, eternal life. He gives me hope for the future. He gives me guidance for my everyday walk. He gives me protection. He gives, he gives me the, the love that is unconditional, that I may share that love with my family and and my friends and, and just grow in and what God wants us to be. You know, we, uh, 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 I don't know what you want to call the service. I don't know if that's really the thing. It was just a, uh, what I call the sing-along. You know, we used to go out and sing carols. Well, an opportunity to join a bunch of people and we're singing carols. And, you know, uh, we, uh, I know you're not supposed to do this because of the diseases that go around, but you know, everybody, kind of just hung on to each other, held hands, put your arms around your shoulders, and we sang together, you know, in unison, 
but we were singing what praises to God, praises that His Son was born. You know that uh, angels came down and, and told the uh, shepherds the good news, the good news that was going on. You know, and the Savior was born, and that they should go and see Him. But most important, after they went down to visit Jesus in the stable, they went out and told everyone else what they had seen and what had happened. Yeah. And, and I am sure there were there were the, uh, skeptics back then. Oh, you know, yeah, there were some angels. I don't know what you're talking about. You believe in that, you know. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. You know, our faith is our faith. Uh, you could talk. You could spread the word of God. You could talk to people about how God has helped you and, and guided you. And people, there will still be people asking questions. And there will be, still be roadblocks. To who you want to be, but you know, bottom line is if you keep on, keep on that right road, you'll you'll come out on the other side. And, and that's why prayer is that this this new year coming up, that you take a deep breath and start. Start. You can have a new start, a new beginning. Just put your faith totally in God. Totally. That's hard. I know. It's hard for me because, you know, you know, it's like um, you teach somebody how to drive a car, but then you're always there trying to teach them again. And they've been driving probably as long as you have at this point. So, you know, backseat driver? No. I want, I want God to be my in charge. I want God to be credit the car, and I'll just sit there and ride along with you. I don't think I need to give him directions on how to go. I think I need to listen to him and follow his directions, and I know we'll get there. We'll get there where um, he wants us to be where he wants me to be. But most importantly, you know, whatever he does for me, guess what? He does for everyone else. Whatever he offers to me, he offers to everyone else. And it's not just a me thing. It's a we thing. And we have to remember that. You know, God is good. Not just to me, but to everyone. God is good. Not just on Sundays or on Christmas, but every day is good, you know. And we have to remember that, you know. People say God is good all the time. Well, you know, all the time God is good, you know. And we have to remember it's easy to forget that. Who, who, who has adopted us? But, you know, we have to remember that God has adopted us. He adopted us because he sent our, his son to die on the cross for us. So that we may be part of this family, part of this eternal family. And we just have to lift ourselves up on it to God and just pray to Him and thank Him. And as we get ready to do that with uh, Pastor Boot, you know, just remember what we need to pray about, what we need to talk to God about, and why we need to do that. Not just on Sunday morning or Wednesday or Tuesday afternoon or whatever. But it should be one daily to God continuously. Pray to Him all the time. You know, let our children see, let our friends see, let our relatives see that we have faith, faith in God, because God is God. Amen and amen. Mm-hmm. 
Good morning. Good morning. One of the crazy things about the position that I sit in is sometimes you got to cut in and redirect traffic and all this other good stuff. And I wanted to say before the people, because, you know, some folks come to church and get confused, like, what's going on? Because, you know, I got here at 7 o'clock because I didn't want to hear that man pray because I'm tired. I feel like that. I just want to come and hear a piano, and I heard my piano this morning. I'm mad. And I thought I was only going to have to, I miss Brother Dennis because, you know, Brother Dennis is cute. I like to listen to Brother Dennis. And I, y'all done messed me up this last Sunday. We're going to do things a little bit differently. Now, Mama Belle has been moved to the morning, so that means you got to get here on time so you can hear her. And uh, we're going to do that now, switch things up heading into the new year. Pastor Booth is coming to pray in a minute, but before he does, I want to read you a little something to put on your mind. The Savior's birth. Come, brethren and neighbors and all who desire. Come all who the Savior do greatly admire. Rejoice at the birth of your heavenly born King, whose grace and salvation sinners doth bring. Poor Bethlehem's treasure and treasure indeed. Great cities of value cannot it succeed. From age unto age we its frame should declare, nor ever are worthy with it to compare. Go find him, ye sinners, in the humble place. The sure word of prophecy points to his face. Well on him as a prophet, as prince, priest, and as king. What glory and honor unto him we bring. Go forth, mighty Savior, reveal unto man the ways of redemption, God's wonderful plan, the day of salvation to all now proclaim while thousands and millions rejoice in thy name. Ye poor wandering wretches, come hear his sweet voice. Come make of him ever your most blessed choice. Come sit at his feet and instructions receive while life and salvation he freely will give. Most gracious, eternal, wise Father, we honor you. We praise you for this day. We thank you for waking us up this morning and clothing us our right mind and giving us the activities of our limbs. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your precious love that you for so loved us that you gave your only begotten son that who shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank you for the redemption plan that you place here on earth that we may be redeemed and reconciled to you. Thank you for allowing us to celebrate your birth 
your coming, your humble beginning to show us in our rebirth, there's a humble beginning, a new life, a new joy, a new aspiration as we look through the lens of your future and in eternity. And we honor you, Lord, for honoring us for the finished work of the cross has bought me and purchased a seat at your table. And we thank you. Father, we thank you for allowing us again to celebrate you and your birth. And now we celebrate you as our King and our Lord, as we walk in this newness of life. Father, we don't take it for granted, but we understand it was your grace and mercy that allowed us to come and be a part of your kingdom and be kingdom citizens, being used and being a part of your kingdom, walking in assurance that, Lord, you always supply all our needs according to your riches and glory, that you are the God and there is none other. And, Father, we praise you. We glorify you for that. Now, Lord Jesus, as we come, as we come to worship you today, words have already been spoken and accolades have already been given to you, instructions of this day, and, and a part of this service has already been lifted up, Lord. And, Father, we come this morning as your people, as sheep of your pastors, saying, feed us until we want a more. We pray, Lord, as we walk away from this service this morning, we will walk away with, with assurance, with direction, with clarity of what you're saying to our hearts, bringing peace to confused minds and bringing joy to every hung down head, bringing peace for those who are in situations, Lord, that they don't seem to define no peace. Lord God, to bring happiness to that soul that haven't laughed in a while. Father, as we come through one of the celebrated seasons in the world, we, but we cannot help but reflect there is somebody that didn't rejoice. Their head is hung down for whatever reason. Father, there are many things that we can list this morning, but you know the hearts. And you see the needs of the people, Lord. There is someone yet still waiting for the visitor that supposedly showed up yesterday and their heart is heavy. We pray for them. We pray for those ch that child that is incarcerated, wanting to be and have an opportunity to be with their family, but could not. We pray for them this morning. We pray, Lord God, for that person that have given their life services to serve and, and, and to protect those who of, of, of any land, Lord God. We, 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 we pray for them this morning. We pray for the many doctors and caretakers that are, are in hospitals now caring for those who are fighting for their life, Lord God. We pray for them. Mm -hmm. We pray, Lord God, for those who are on the on our um, police departments and our paramedics and our 
fire departments, Lord. We pray for them. We lift them up. And we lift them up before you. And we hold them up in prayer, Lord. We pray for those, Lord God, that every day, Lord God, they put themselves in harm way that people may have the right to have the freedoms of life. And we thank you for that. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the power of prayer. And we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the power and the abilities to move out and to be soldiers in this kingdom, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord God, for giving us the privilege to pray for those who are in need, those who are hungry. Father, as we walked last night, we saw people laying on the street, concrete with their with their bed. A stone, old grocery bed, has become their pillow. But we pray for them, Lord. Men and women lined up, ready to to call their abode in a temporary dwelling just for a night, not knowing what tomorrow or today bring. We pray for them, Lord. We pray, Lord God, for the countless of children that woke up yesterday, yesterday expecting to have something under the tree. Their hearts are heavy and hung down and mad at the world because they didn't receive what they thought they should have received and some didn't even receive anything. Many reasons why it could be so, but Father, whatever the reasons, Father, we pray for them, Lord. And Lord God, there are so many things that that are going on in this world, Lord God, that we lift up before you. We lift up our cities, and, and especially in this Hampton Roads area. It seems like... Like, like it's, 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 it's a thing to do to go around and play God and people are taking one another's life. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that the peace of you will surround every city, Lord. We pray, God, that we lift up and that we lift up Virginia Beach and Norfolk and Portsmouth and Chesapeake. We lift up Newport News and Hampton, New York County. We lift up Suffolk, Lord. We lift up Smithfield, Isaacite County, Surrey County, Lord God. We lift up the whole state of Virginia. Lord God, we lift up every state that is in the United States of America. And God, we lift up every person that have named themselves to be a public servant to represent the people that they are, have been elected to, Lord. We pray for them as they have to make uh, decisions, Lord, and, and some difficult decisions as it relates to the livelihood of another person. Father, we just pray that as they vote, Lord God, they will vote in your confidence that you have given them. We pray, Lord God, that you would give them what they need to so they can do the job that they need to do as they govern, as they make laws, as they make decisions in Jesus' name. And, Father, we pray for those who are sick. We pray for those who are shut in. We pray for those who don't know how to pray for themselves, but their body is aching with pain. Their mind is all over the place, Lord. They don't know which way to go. We pray for them today, Lord. We pray for that person that's dealing with sick, uh, stiffness in their bones. We pray for that person that's dealing with high blood pressure. We, we pray for that person that's dealing with diabetes. 
We pray for that person, Lord God, that is dealing with a, a loss of a limb. We pray, Lord God, for that person that hearing is going low and their eyesight is getting never. We pray for that person, Lord God, that their steps are getting slower. We pray for that person, Lord God, that's on the brink of death, Lord. We pray for that person, Lord God, that seems they can't find peace anywhere they go. We pray and we lift them up before you. You are a God of peace. And we thank you, Lord God, and we glorify you. We declare it to be so in Jesus' name. At this time, we still want to do the time of prayer where where Pastor Booth might not have mentioned what you need from God or what's on your heart. Now is the time that you can ask the Lord and that you can talk to him as well and tell him what you need. And the answer may come through the word this morning as the man of God will preach. Let us pray. Let us talk to the Lord. You can do it. It's in your heart. Let it come out of your mouth and reach the ears of our Savior. He is Lord, He is Lord, He has risen from the dead, and He is Lord, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Amen and amen. God bless you, Pastor Eric. Amen. (laughs) Matthew. Chapter 2. Verse 7, 8. And then we're going to skip down to 12 through 15. Verse 7 said, Then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. When you find him, report back to me so that I 
can go and worship him. Mm -hmm. Verse 12. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their own country by another route. Verse 13, after they were gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, get up, take the child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I tell you. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and escaped to Egypt. He stayed there until Herod's death. So that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet might be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, I called my son. There's a lot to unpack here. A lot to unpack. And I don't know if I read too much. They teach you sometime in that's that, that preacher school about don't put too much on your plate because you might not be able to conclude all of it. So whatever I don't finish today, I'll finish on Wednesday, I would like to tell myself. But I want to talk to you about or from the subject, God is your politician. God is your politician. Kind Father, we thank you for this opportunity to present your word today, this case that you have made for us. We ask that you would allow us, your spiritual jurors, to, without shadow of doubt, see what it is you are saying unto us, that once we have concluded here, we will, without shadow of a doubt, know what you are saying to us. And all those in agreement with that prayer respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. This past week, or two weeks, has been very, very interesting for me, very perspective-driven for me. For those of you who find yourself connected to the Virginia portion of these states united round about the Hampton Roads area, most of us connected here are from or uh, are connected to that. We want to uh, leave room to appreciate those who might hear us a little bit later. Uh, we were in the midst of a crisis politically. Uh, one of the young stars of the General Assembly here, which is the state legislature, uh, just suddenly removed himself from his office uh, not 30 days after he had just been reelected in a landslide victory. Some 12,000 votes to I don't know what uh, his opponent had, or should I say, if he had an opponent now that I think about it. And there has been a scramble because 
with the General Assembly election happening in November, most of you who are familiar with politics know that between November and January is that transition period. Here in a few weeks, we're going to witness the transferring of power on the state level from the governor's perspective. Governor Ralph Northam is getting ready to transfer the reins of the state over to its incoming governor, Mr. Youngkin. There's a transition period. It's supposed to be a smooth move into the new session, into the new political year. But that got over-flipped and over-flipped when our friend decided that he had to remove himself for reasons that I do not know nor wish to waste my time here discussing. But I want to point out uh, the reaction to this piece of business because it speaks well to our text. And as I like to say that I come here for therapy, it helps me to understand the importance of why certain things in this world just shouldn't bother you. His as I mentioned, departure suddenly raised a storm amongst certain individuals, and I mentioned this sometime or past uh, services that we've past meditations that we've had. I kind of glossed over it because I was in the thick of the war and really didn't feel like dealing with it. But now that we have a clear head, we can sit down and properly analyze, if you would. What has happened, it makes it a little bit more easier to understand. We're no longer slinging guns and bullets and flies and whatever you want to do. But because of his departure, it led for that seat in the 89th district, which uh, is in certain parts of actually most of Norfolk. And it's very interesting how this is drawn up. I would like to focus on this for a second if I can, just to give you some clarity. The 89th is uh, made of about seven to ten different neighborhoods. I don't remember the exact neighborhoods. Please forgive me for not preparing myself to have this uh, train of thought with you. I didn't think that was relevant, but we'll, for those of you who would like to know, we can definitely discuss that later. The significance is it's Ballantyne, it's Chesterfield Heights, it's Poplar Halls, it's uh, Mission College, uh, uh, Broad Creek, uh, the Norfolk State area. But then on the other side of town, this district also is comprised of Lock Haven, Larchmont, Ghent, Lafayette. It's a very, very mixed demographic, very, very mixed district. And even though historically this district has been dominated, or should I say has been always represented, I think that's the best way to put it, by a person of color. I don't like that term. I feel like they find new ways to make names for us anytime they do. I don't know. I, first we were Negroes, then we were African American, then we were black, now we're people of color. I'm tired of y'all changing our name anytime y'all feel like it. But I'll leave that alone. We'll talk about that tomorrow. This position being held predominantly by a person from the minority group, I'll stick with that. That makes me feel better about myself. 
And now because of the opening so vastly, there was a person who did not fit the description of the minority that decided that they wanted to run for the position. And the answer to that person of non-minority persuasion was to bully them out of the position. They came and they asked me, or they told me, I don't know if they asked me or not. If they did, I probably uh, would have uh, responded a little bit differently. Sometimes you all have to pray for me because politicians make you take up cussing. And I pray over myself all the time that my faith will not fail me, but, but sometimes you got to, hallelujah, bless God, rebuke them. And this was one of those times that required rebuking. I'm going to get to the text in a minute. I'm going somewhere. Just stay with me. We, 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 we ride around here. We take journeys. They called and they said, Mr. Eric, uh, we are going to do A, B, C, D, E. And this is my opinion. That is my opinion. This is how I feel. That is how I feel. And I listened to that for so, so, so long. If I could just hang up another side note here uh, to ask your forgiveness and properly explain myself in this text. I, I don't know if I've ever really explained myself. I can't stand opinions. And maybe it's because I hear it too much. Maybe because I'm always in rooms where everybody has decided that their ideas, their thought patterns, their perspective is more important than someone else's. That for some reason, God came down from heaven and spoke directly to their souls. And because he spoke directly to their souls, it gives them the arbitration, the right to be the arbiters of the opinion that we should follow. And then they go so bold to say that if you do not agree with their arbitration, if you do not feel that their opinion is one that you should connect yourself with, then you are the one that's wrong. Because God told me. It's not my fault that God didn't tell you, because if God told you, then you would agree with me. But since you don't agree with me, that means God ain't tell you. And I would like for you to know that is a real conversation. I pray for whoever needs coffee. Y'all went to sleep on me. So this conversation happened, and they decided this group of people in a certain particular movement, one of those in particular, one member, should I say, had the opinion that we should do to the white folks what was done to us. <laughs> we should hold them down just like they held us down. And this is an opportunity for black vengeance. And I refuse. I refuse then, and I refuse now. I don't understand. <laughs> how anybody can get in a pulpit or a political position and want to say that they fly under the blood-stained banner and yet will have the mitigated audacity to even think that doing to white people what was done to you is justified. 
And yet, that was the train of thought that was brought to my attention. Now, here's where I want to get to my point, because I realize the clock ticks faster than my mind does. I thought about this text, and I really processed what was going on, because the sad reality is when I look around our churches, especially our more sophisticated ones, our our more established ones, I realized something very interesting. I've studied the history of our churches in this area, at least the Norfolk area, the Hampton Roads area. Uh, Please forgive me for those of you who do not participate or have not connected with us here in this particular region. We invite you to come by sometime. Don't worry. It's just as much hell here as there is at your house, and you'll be all right. We all family in the hell kingdom. And I studied and I looked and I followed and I, and I processed. And, and the crazy thing about some of our major denominations, our major churches, is they were founded on the idea of elevating and supporting and promoting the idea of the advanced social class. How do we make sure we are politically connected, that we are socially in good standing, that we are in line not with the principles of God, but with the principles of God through the voice of those who have been elected who claim to serve it? I find it very interesting when I listen to my brothers on the other side of the tracks who uh, love to talk about uh, the reality of our our former, our founding fathers. Thank you for that moment of blunder. We must return ourselves to the idea of our former fathers. We must go back to the truth of the founding that was based upon the founding of this great nation founding fathers like Thomas Jefferson, who many have argued didn't even believe in God, not alone worshipped him. I would love to know where your idea of God through a group of people who you've never met nor can communicate with, how that serves is relevant. It's very fascinating how most of the time our preachers and teachers Use as backdrops, as a baseline for the projection of their messages and for the advancement of their goals and objectives of the church, people who have been dead long before they were born. Very rarely do you hear them talk about the ideas, the visions, the dreams. <laughs> that come from my risen king. Sometimes, if I can also take this moment to just make a bold statement, I I have a problem with reading books. There was once upon a time I had a problem with reading books because they were in such terms that I could not understand it. I find myself getting through maybe one chapter or two chapters or or even one page for that matter, and I'd get to one of those words, and I don't know my – English uh, struggling people can understand this and appreciate this. Sometimes you can get a headache just trying to figure out what a word is. 
And by the time you actually stop to go look up the word and then properly get the definition of the word and then try to take the definition and put it back into the text that you're reading, you just don't want to do it no more. That was before I was privileged to understand the English language. Now I have a problem with reading books because I'm almost scared to get the ideas and opinions of certain individuals in my head. Because I have watched and I have listened, as I have mentioned, and I must reiterate, as people get up and they will spend 30 to 40 minutes of a dissertation on Sunday morning praising the ideas of Mr. Moody and Spurgeon instead of the almighty risen king. Well, before you get a little bit of offense or take offense if that has not already occurred, I do not have a problem with Mr. Spurgeon, Mr. D.L. Moody. I only have a problem with that gentleman who used to come on the radio I used to listen to all the time through the Bible. What's that man's name? Can't think of it right now to save my life. Alexander Scorby on the BBN would read 15 minutes of Bible every morning from 3 15 or 3 to 3 15 and then from 3 to 3 15 p.m. I used to listen to that with grandmama have it on the radio. I believe Mama Bell still listens to it as we speak. Uh-huh. It's beautiful people back there. But the problem is those folks are dead are waiting for a call to get up. Only one person controls the alarm clock that can get himself up. And for some reason, that person is always omitted in conversation. That's like going to the hospital and consulting with the nurse and overriding the doctor. How stupid does that sound? Let me get to my point and get out of here. I read this text. I thought about it. I processed it. And I looked at when you think about the structure of what's going on here, it is almost in line with what we know. Herod is the governor, the president, if you will. And he brought in the members of his cabinet. It was as if Biden brought in Mr. Pete Buttigieg, brought in... uh, Mr. Uh, John Kerry, who happens to be uh, the ambassador for climate change, or the climate change envoy, I believe is his title. He may or may not still be there. I'm retired now from politics, so I'm, I'm a little washed up. Please forgive me. But you bring in these members of your cabinet. He said, listen, there's a kid somewhere around these parts that uh, – He wants to come in and take a spot. Now, unlike our friend in the 8 and 9th, he did not, or this new kid is not trying to step into a position that's been vacated. No, No, he just wants to come in and based upon my thoughts and my feelings, He wants to override. He wants to come in and take 
the position that we have. He wants to come in and remove us. I understand a little bit. Now let me go back and clean this up because I realize that I just left a piece out that can make this story or enhance it a little bit, our time together, our conversation here. Because the person that decided that they wanted to run for the position in the 89th, this is very important, at least to the advancement of what I'm trying to say here, was a person who literally has been the centerpiece of North politics. Believe it or not, there's not much that happens in this town, at least in present day, that this particular person has not had their hands in. And the funny thing to put on top of that, the icing on that cake, the Sunday or the cherry on top of that Sunday is all of the people who rallied together to try to ostracize, to try to denigrate, to try to bully this person down to the ground are all people who have been the recipient of this person's checkbook. And before you say, oh, well, you're just trying to support your friend. How can I support somebody I ain't told you who it is? How can I hype somebody that you don't even know exists? but let me not spend my time defending myself. And let me throw this piece out to you because it gets even more sicker. Not only have they been the recipients of this person's checkbook, but decided to say, hey, you go sit down in the corner, and when we need you to write a check, you do that again. You're not worthy for our spot. You're not worthy to represent us. You're not worthy to have a voice, but you're worthy to fund our voice. Mm -hmm. So now that I have made that crystal clear, let me get back to the text. Because Herod decided to feel in the same case. He is this person that's coming in. And you have to know, at least in my head, and maybe I'm just crazy, Herod had to know that something was cooking. He had to know that something was happening, something was better, popping up on the scenes. He had read the text. For unto you a son is born, for unto you a son is given. And the government, the government, Herod had to know that he was in some cases going to be overruled. And as a matter of principle, Herod reacted. Now, here's the stupid thing about Herod. Even the disciples later on, and maybe sometime we'll get to that, In this particular book, to be precise, those disciples asked the question later on. For those of you who are following along, we're stepping into biblical history here. The disciples asked, Lord, when are you going to set up your kingdom down here? Because even they thought that that was the point. 
for Mr. Herrick decides to bring in these persons that was a part of his cabinet. And he said, listen, I'm going to need for you to go over there. You told me something about a star. And uh, that star is shining bright. And I'm going to need you to go find that star. And I know one thing for sure, that star does not lead to Arlington, Texas, and it has nothing to do with Dallas Cowboys. But there's still a star. And that star is shining because it serves as the symbol of where this Christ child, this this Jesus lays. I'm in need for you to go out there and find this location. And then when you find it, I'm going to need for you to come back. Because what you're not fitting to do is go down there, find it, and you celebrate by yourself. No, I want to come back, and I want to worship him too. Oh, that's very important because the thing that I have learned in my five and a half years in politics is politicians feel like you stupid. As a matter of fact, in that same context or that conversation we had just a few weeks ago in the 89th, there were some individuals who had the mitigated goal to tell me to my face, oh, Eric, we can pull this off because the people hate white folks so much. they too stupid to see through it. They believe in us so much. they too stupid to know something's off kilter. So we'll pull it off. We'll get something done. And I'm going to tell you something. They tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried, and they tried to round me up, 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 and they said, we will get your person out of position. And one person had their mitigated goal to come and t- I-, I felt that one. One person had their mitigated I feel good right now. One person had their mitigated goal to say, if we get rid of them, we can get rid of you. And they started some infighting within the circle that I reside. And I resulted to saying that I'm retired, and I still maintain that position. I am retired. Because I believe that God's got a better plan for us than just sitting around fighting over what humans want. He wants us to go out and do other things. We'll talk about that down the road. I'm going to get to my point. May I get out of here? Herod decided. He said, let them know. Let me know where this child is so I can come. And the people got down there. And first, they were like, should we do it? We need to go back. We need to do something. And then a dream pops up 
said, listen, um, Harris about some business. So what I'm going to need for you to do is I'm going to need for you to flip the switch. Uh-huh. I'm going to need for you to head in another direction. I'm going to need for you to turn around and go another way. The funny thing is that that same situation happened here in the 89th when someone called me and they they said someone that I, I trust very closely has been a part of our fellowship. And they said, well, listen, um, Eric, this is what we want to do. And I voiced my thoughts, almost led to emotional blows until Friday. And I would like for you to know that the person that has now won the Democratic ticket to challenge for the 89th district is a member of First Virtual. So not only did they not get rid of me, but the person they got to work with sits in my chair. Y'all ain't going to hear it. I feel good. Let me finish because I, I feel Pentecostal here. I might boot boof. I, 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 might, I might say some words that, that y'all don't understand. So the disciple, not the disciple, the wise men, realized that we need to go another way. We need to move in another direction. We need to head out, go over yonder because what these politicians, what this politician is doing is he's thinking that we're crazy. Now, that's the politics version. Let me get to the people. Because Joseph, oh, this young man pops up again. That's a funny thing. I'm not going to deal with him much because I've already dealt with him enough this year, at least in my head I have. But it's a funny thing that Joseph only pops up when trouble happens. You don't never hear Joseph when – you ever notice that sometimes you don't never get no calls until you something going wrong? God don't come by and say, hi, how you doing? You all right? You looking good this morning. Now, listen, Joseph, I got a problem I need you to take care of. Oh, God, that's all you need from me? That's all I'm good for is take care of your problem? Yeah, go ahead and do it. All right, cool. Joseph wakes up in a dream, and he says, I want you to take the child. And I want you to move. Now, I need you to listen to me because the politicians think you're stupid. But I need them to know the same thing I need you to know, is that when you were born, I know what I put in you. I know that I had a council meeting with my high authority, with my cabinet. And we sat down and we looked at you and we looked at the diagram, the, the, the plans, the, the architectural drawings that would be you. And I know one thing we did not put in the plan, and that was stupidity. So I could care less what they say you is. You ain't stupid. They used to say God don't make no junk. 
Everything that he made is uniquely, wonderfully made. He looked at everything and said, "It will, in my eyes, is good. And most importantly, if I can just throw this in there, he said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And then the son came along and said, listen, just like dad said he's pleased in me, the same power, the same authority, the same option that I got, now you got. So if God is pleased in the creation of his own son and I have what Jesus has, then God, okay, all right, all right. All right, I'll let that marry. Just leave that right there for you a little bit. Let you think on that. So he told him, he said, get up and go. And the interesting thing about Joseph and Mary, which makes discussing them in church so boring, you can almost not take a long time talking about them because it ain't that much to talk about. They ain't fighting. They ain't asking questions. They ain't crying and howling about stuff they already know. Some guy ain't crying and hollering. Well, Lord, uh, I wish you'd help me. He did. He told you to get him to go. Well, I, no, no, go. Joseph didn't ask questions. I got to say that again. He ain't murmur. He ain't plain. He ain't get up and. And say none as a matter of fact, Mary only asked one question. Mary said, Listen, we talked about this earlier. She said, I'm just confused by one thing. You clear this up and I'll be all right. The angel cleared it up, she said, Cool, I'm good. Whatever. Let's do this. Joseph took, he got up, he left. And here's where the significant part and I'm hearing from a landing. Because sometimes we look at the situation that happens, we look at the circumstance, we look at the problems, and it makes us frustrated. It makes us angry. It makes us want to ball up into a knot and cry. But sometimes the purpose and plan, for I know the plan that I had for you, but that plan cannot be achieved. Can I, can, I, can I say this while I'm thinking about it? It popped into my head. Before I formed thee in my mother's, in your mother's womb, let's talk about your mama. I want to talk about my mama. Before I formed you in your mama's womb, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, what I did was I a plan in you. That's in chapter one. The problem is we didn't get the plan laid out until 29. So I had to travel 28 chapters to understand. what the plan really is. For I know the plans I have for you, plans of hope, a strong future. There's a traveling piece. And you look at Joseph, you look at Mary, 
And even though they were born seemingly into a pit of Hades, suffering all of their young lives, it was ultimately to fulfill the plan. God had to get the baby to Egypt because just like the people decided in chapter 2 of Exodus that we as a people were stupid, he said, I got to bring my salvation out the same city that the stupid people were supposedly put in. And so out of the same land that held the children of Israel for some 400 years, out of the same land that they were persecuted, the same land that they were put down, the same land that they were denigrated, the same land that they were bullied, the same land that they were told that their skills is only to benefit our cause out of the same land came Jesus. And it took the whole line, the whole process. The boy had to go. The woman had to pull the race car. The people had to start bullying. Folks had to get mad. We had to cry. We had to pull our hair out. We had to give it up. Because if it hadn't happened, we wouldn't have got to where we are. And I sat down at that table Friday. When that person who decided they're going to run and they said that I would like to think about first virtual, and I said to myself, it just popped in my head, the good Lord said, that's what I put you there for in the first place because you wanted to give the people who would never get a shot of voice. And despite all the hell, come January, those people can get a voice. So, so now, when you look at all that you've been through, when you put your faith not in the people, but if you make God your politics, you realize his plans, his agenda never go awry. His ideas never fail. And ultimately, the plan that he has, even though you might spend 28 chapters crying, eventually you will get to your promised land. For I've seen the lightning flashing, I've heard the thunder roll. I felt sin breakers dashing, trying to conquer my soul. But I heard 
the voice of my Savior. He bid me still fight on because in his cabinet he promises never to leave you. Never to leave you alone. My dear grandmother, Most gracious and all-wise Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you, dear God, because if we put our trust in you, wait patiently for you. God, we just want to say thank you. We thank you, God, because we know that you're in control of every situation. We may not see, we may not understand what you are doing, but God, we can put our trust in you. You said, blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord. Help us, dear God, to trust you. Help us to seek your way, seek your understanding, seek you. Because, God, you knows what's best. And we said thank you this morning. We thank you this morning, God, because you are in control of every situation. You knows where you're taking us. We don't understand. But, God, we trust in you. We praise in you, God, because of who you are. Because, God, we know that you knows best. And we say, Father, thank you. We thank you, dear God, for loving us, protecting us, for making a way for us, for healing us. We thank you this morning. We thank you this morning because, God, you are right there with us. You understand everything. And we said, thank you. We thank you, God, because, God, you say in all things, give you thanks. Whether we understand it or whether we see it or what, but give you thanks. And we give you thanks this morning because of who you are. And we praise you this morning. Let your words sink down in our souls and let us realize, God, that you are in control. And because you love us so much, you worked it all out. You promised us, God, that you would take us through. And we said thank you. We praise you and we magnify your name because of who you are. And because of who you make us are, we are who you make us to be. It's not of ourselves, but it's because of you. You put us in places that you want us to be. And help us, God, to always seek you first and seek the way you want us to go. We thank you. We praise you this morning. We magnify your holy name, God, because of who you are. We love you. We love you, God. And you said, love the Lord thy God with all our heart and soul, and love our neighbors as ourselves. Help us to do that and trust you and believe this word. As we read your word, help us to believe who you are and what you can do for us. We just praise you this morning. We love you, and we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory because of who you are and because you love us so much. In Jesus' holy and righteous name, we say thank you. We praise you, and we magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen, and amen, and amen. Hallelujah. Thank you.
Thank you. Have a great, great day. Praising God and magnifying his holy name.